Hello and welcome back to Coast to Coast FC, the Canadian soccer podcast focused on all things Canadian Premier League, Canadian Championship, and more. My name is Felipe Vallejo. And I'm Mike Rice. And today we are joined once again by one of our favorite guests, Alex Gongay-Ruzik, to do another team challenge, this time delving into the underrated 11 from the Canadian Premier League 2023 season. Gives us a lot of opportunity to sing some praises to some players that might have not gotten the plaudits that they deserved throughout the entire season. Alex, how are you and how excited are you for this challenge? I'm doing great. Uh, enjoying the the start of you know off season and everything that that entails. But uh, no, excited to be back. I, you know, Felipe and Mike, you guys know my weak point. I just love building teams of any sort. <laughs> like I could sit here and like I'd love to build teams with guys who just have the letter H at the start of their name. Like I'll do it all. <laughs> so uh, underrated team of the season. That's the, that's music to my ears. Oh, yeah, well, there's, a, no, there, there's a podcast there, Felipe, for the uh, if things get quiet. Yeah, exactly. We've never run out of ideas. Just yeah, team challenge players that start with the letter H in their last name. Uh, but before we get too deep into it, remember to follow us on Instagram, threads, Facebook, and Twitter at Coast to Coast FC and on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts so you know exactly when we upload. But for those of you who know how our team challenges usually work, we have a lovely wheel in front of us that I've shared to the boys <laughs> that decides which position we will go through. We'll go position by position and everyone will go in a, in, a, in a bit of an order, like a little bit of a draft order. And then each one of us will, uh, depending on what position we get, describe our choice for that position. The other uh, pl- members will be able to then discuss it, maybe mention their, the, the players that they had in, and eventually we will create through the wheel our own Coast to Coast FC underrated 11. But make sure to follow us on our social so you can see everyone's personal underrated 11 alongside the coast to coast fc underrated 11 so you know what all our personal picks are and what we got to in the end but without further ado let's start with alex as a guest as always we'll start with you i will spin the wheel and we will see who you get as the as the first pick for this underrated 11 you get a center mid the right center mid but we don't have it doesn't necessarily have to be a right-footed player in that right center mid position just any center mid of those three center mids that we have there, who are you going to choose for that first center mid position? Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go who I have in my right center mid because just make it easier. can bring up the other names as we go through the other midfielders, but I'm going to go all the way out to the East coast. And of course, Halifax had a great season and their praises were very well sung, um, but there still were a few players that flew under the radar. And I think one of them, it was quite surprising given the fact that he wore the armband on a lot of games and he, he kicked out a pretty established starter to do so. I went with Mo Omar just because I felt like the fact that heading into the year, you know, Rapper says the captain, he's the guy who's been at the club since day one. And Omar was playing center back last year. He is a midfielder, but he steps in to his natural position, uh, kicks out the captain. Of course, not kicks out, but Ramper said ends up playing a smaller role. And Omar really had some, you know, he had a good season. His passing completion was huge. He put in a big defensive shift. He had some monstrous games as the season went along. And it kind of feels like on the Halifax team, it was the Dan Nimick shows, the Massimo Ferran show, Lorenzo Caligari. Mm-hmm. 
you, you know, Yan Fillion's getting his praise, his son, Kale Lockery, where it feels like Mo Omar kind of flew under the radar of all that. So I went Mo Omar. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great choice. That was He was on my short list there, going into some of the underlying numbers, which was a large part of how I decided my my team. Uh, he was a, a player that was flirting around the top level in a lot of, uh, you know, midfields stats of like passes completed also defensive stats and even just on the eye he's a hard-working midfielder that yeah i think you're right the, a lot of people may not appreciate everything that he does for the team both as just a player and as uh, the player that was wearing the captain's armband for a large part of the season maybe patrice as well seeing as he won't be returning i was, I was really shocked by that um i don't know i haven't read too much into uh, the decisions obviously that as to how that came about but Definitely, he's been such a good player. It's, I mean, he's international playing in, playing with Trinidad and Tobago, playing big minutes, and Mo Elmar's keeping him out. It's a really, really impressive season. Yeah. But, Mike, now we'll go with you for the next okay. position. Let me remove that, the center <laughs> mid position. We will spin it once more, and you will get the choice of right back. Right back. Okay. Okay. Right back. Who have you chosen? uh at right back for your underrated 11 of the 2023 season um so i found goalkeeper and defense quite tough to pick players from because i thought some people were like like you say dan nimick and players like that got their praises all season long so uh but i did find about eight or nine center mids that i really like one of them's been shifted out to the right back <laughs> he's played there uh, a few times and i've gone with um zachariah Baus. um I was really surprised when I let go to let him go. Less surprised when I found out that they're bringing in Zapater. Um, but I feel that he's definitely a player that really has got excellent technical quality on the ball. I think we saw that in sort of flashes while he got the chance to right back um, with Pacific. I think they've picked up a player that's definitely of CPL level, a good starting player that I think... I don't know what competition they faced to get him, but I think if it was if they didn't have too much and they were able to bring him in quite easily, that's a really, really astute pickup from uh, from Pacific. Yeah, no, and I remember seeing him play with Pacific, especially in in the playoffs and in the, at the end of the season. That he looked very tidy on the ball, skillful on that right side. He had all of the elements of a of a proper midfielder and. Uh, he was somebody that I was also surprised that that Atletico let go, and hopefully with Pacific a star-studded, the squad is uh, uh, throughout the season. We don't know how they'll shift uh, for next season, but if he has a role to play, I hope it uh, is a bit of a bigger one because he definitely has the quality behind it to be able to be a bigger player for them. And he's just yeah, the ball on the ball is the biggest thing about him. I think that's what stood out the first time I saw him in 22 with Ottawa and they kind of needed to play him because of the U21 minutes. He immediately mm-hmm. stood out because of that quality on the ball. So I think heading into next year with Pacific, I'm excited to see what uh, he could do because if they can really get him in that system, maybe playing higher up the field, we'll have to see what ends up happening with the some of their you know moves. Uh, they announced a few players left, but they haven't you know announced some of what will happen with the, some of their big players. Either way, I think Bahus could... Uh, could take a step up so no definitely but whose praise is uh it's never a bad thing <laughs> just needs to who find a position have... i guess <laughs> yeah who did you have it right back for your and your 11 alex yeah well this is the second and only halifax player i went with i just went with zach fernandez because i feel like again on that halifax team 
he did a lot of heavy lifting uh, at right back and was grew a lot and he fit the system so nicely. And he's kind of forgotten. It feels like at times in the fullback discussion, whereas I see someone like Fernandez, is this someone who could, I think we might've very well seen the last of him in the CPL just because he's shown so much uh, across his, I guess, two seasons. It is now maybe three. Um, I think he's given his age, his profile, there are going to be teams at higher levels looking at him. Um, And I thought, Despite that at Halifax, again, it was the likes of Nimick, Farron, et cetera, who I mentioned before, who kind of comes into the discussion before Fernandez. And I just found that a bit, he, he's underrated. Yes, he's. A, I think he's someone that people know his skills and he's definitely one of the top fullbacks in the league. But sometimes he's not, you know, maybe thrown in those discussions uh, when he could very well be. Yeah, no, I, I went with uh, Rezart Rama because mm-hmm. as much as uh, I know when he first came into Forge, there was a lot of talk about him. I felt like this season, especially with the way that Forge were starting uh, starting strong, but then kind of lagged a little in the middle. A lot of people were saying that maybe he wasn't living up to expectations as much as he did in his first seasons. But I feel like he had a strong season overall, finished very strong. I think he bounced back at the same time as Forge in general bounced back. And I think he definitely has a shout to being one of the best right backs in the league, especially with the grit and determination that he has a very aggressive right back that loves to bomb down that right side and, and you know, pair with the midfielders and the strikers. I think uh, he, he didn't have as bad as a season as I think people might have thought. I think he actually had a underratedly good season at right back for Forge. But yeah, that was my right back position. Um, now we'll move on to my own pick. I'm spinning the wheel once more and we will see who I get to choose. I get to choose the goalkeeper. And this is this Ooh. is a position I actually wanted to get in when I was <laughs> uh, building this 11 because I felt like uh, oh, this is a little bit of a, a justice uh, justice for this man here, because I went with uh, Kieran Basket of Pacific mm. FC. I felt that uh, he deserves a little bit more credit than he did. He obviously got released by Pacific FC uh, earlier this month. And I think that even though he was deposed once more as number one by Emil Gazdolf, and, and right, rightly so, obviously, international player, young player, you want to mold that goalkeeper position. You don't want to just, you know, bring this guy in and, and, and leave him on the bench. But I think Kirin Basket did very well. Coming in for Gazdov when Gazdov was sort of running on bad form, I think he, you know, was able to do a job in the goalkeeping position for Pacific and save Pacific a few times in a couple of games. And while, yes, had still a mistake or two in him, he was still solid enough that I feel like could continue to challenge for number one position with Gazdov. So I was a little surprised to see Kieran Basket dropped by Pacific, but I feel like if he continues in the CPL, he would be a fantastic deputy to pretty much any goalkeeping position uh, for any club uh, across the league. If not somebody that can push for uh, some of the number one positions across various teams in the league as well. So I went with Kieran Basket, but uh, Mike, who did you go with? Yeah, I found it hard to pick. Um, I went with Giantsopolis over at York purely because I think most of the other goalkeepers I've had excellent seasons. We've talked, spoken about like, um, Yesley, obviously Katucci and everyone in their awards. So Sophilis was one of those ones that York seemed to comfortable to move on, to bring in younger players, to get those minutes. 
And I think he was actually, they, they could have maybe tried to find players in other positions and keep him in goal there, which maybe would have helped them get even further maybe in the playoffs or at least got them into the playoffs a little bit more comfortably with a more of an experienced goalkeeper behind them. Um, so that's why I went with him. I agree with Mike. What Looking at the CPL season, I think most keepers were fairly rated. Those who did well was recognized. Those who maybe struggled was also recognized. Funnily enough, I went with the York keeper that wasn't actually Giant Softwares. Uh, okay. So I went for Adisa Di Rosario just because, look, he wasn't here for a long time, but he was here for a good time. He had some phenomenal numbers in his five-game stints. I don't think York makes the playoffs if he doesn't step up the way he does. And really, he could have, I think... With how he was playing, there would have been some very uncomfortable discussions on deciding between him and Giant Sopolis if Toronto FC didn't have their goalkeeper crisis. They call up Luca Gavran from the second team. They need a goalie to come back and fill in and Di Rosario. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe York dodged a bit of a, a bullet, so to speak, in that that regard, because I think there would have been some very uncomfortable uh, discussions with how good Di Rosario was over that five-game stretch. Yeah, yeah, fair. I like yeah. you two have gone with two goalies who had absolutely terrifying debuts or first games of the team, but really did like still like get over that quick and did put in really good performances after. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Yeah, no, think about both the, the Rosario's debut game and and basket, but uh, no, I all three definitely uh, great shouts. But yeah, I'll, I'll, Kieran Basket is the one in goal for the combined team. Going back to you, Alex, I'll spin the wheel once more to see what position you get to choose in our combined underrated eleven, and you get the choice of left center back uh, in the position. Uh, we're running a four-three-three for those who don't know. It's a formation <laughs> we always run. So at left center back, Alex, who have you gone with? Well, well, well. Um, interesting. Uh, I'm just going to go who I have at the left center back position. I want to give a shout to my right center back, but we'll we'll get to it. But the left center back I went for was was Thomas Mayer-Giguerre, just because this guy had a, a tank of a season for Pacific, and I say that in a good way. Um, yet it kind of felt like he was overshadowed, right? Of course, it's like, a, a, like you have someone naturally – like he's literally getting shadowed on the pitch by Amir Didich, right? Like most players in the league are getting overshadowed mm-hmm. physically by Amir Didich, but he, <laughs> Merger did a job and Pacific had one of the best defenses in the league. Um, that met by the metrics. They kept out uh, goals. He saw in the playoffs, what they were able to do when they just locked in and, and defended and were, were caused all sorts of problems. And Merger was so underrated in that. You really, you hear a lot about, Didich, Dada Luke, there was all this focus on the goalkeeping, yet Merjigir just quietly had a very good season. So I went with TMG. Um, I went with Bradley Camden. I thought he filled in at left back a lot of the time, but when they switched to that 4-3-3 up at Cavalry, I mean, Cobser and uh, Klomp were getting a lot of plaudits, but I thought he had a really good really good season and complemented them both quite well, adding a bit of physicality um, in the the pace not had him had a mistake in him but i was quite i was just really impressed with uh how he came into that team um and did really well and yeah at no point where we uh i don't think at any point people were tuning into a cavalry game just double checking if he was there it was always it's clomp and cops at that <laughs> like straight away so that's why i went with him yeah they definitely were the dynamic duo but i yeah. actually went with 
Alex on this one. I also had TMG as my left side mm. center back in this. <laughs> I thought for similar reasons, you know, a lot of the times great players can have great seasons, but they get a little overshadowed, like both physically and yeah. and performances uh, due to their partner with Amir Didic. So I went with uh, TMG as my left center back. So mm. little link up there. But now we'll go to Mike again. Mike, I'll spin for okay. you as we are now filling up this team uh, pretty nicely. We're going to go with a forward position, Ooh. and we're going with the center forward slash okay. striker position. <laughs> we're being a little bit flexible on this one since there are a lot of players that we would like to sing their praises to, and they might not always fit in these rigid boxes that's, that we like to put in these in these team challenges. So center forward striker position. Mike, who have you gone in that position? Um, I want to pick one of the two I've got in my forward line. I'll go with the one that I've got sent forward, and that's Coimbra. Um, mm. I keep banging on about him. I absolutely love him. I think he's great. I, I love his energy going forward. I love how he, he just seems to be sent out there by Patrice Geiser who says, just give me everything. And he's like, yes, boss, I'm doing it. <laughs> and he will do it for 90 minutes long. Um, technically, yeah, he's still, he's still got bits to work with, but I just think he's a fantastic like prospect. If every if he can continue to improve on all the areas he like um, he needs to, he could be terrifying like for defenses in the CPL. But we'll have to wait and see if if he can uh, if he can keep improving year on year. But yeah, I, I was really excited by him. Yeah, solid shout, uh, Terry Coimbra. I mean, we talked about it in our under twenty one team challenge as well. Yeah. <laughs> how how uh, just have a great striker he is for Halifax in terms of hard working of linking up with certain players creating space for more attacking players he fits the system really well and mm-hmm. yeah with a with a, another season or so under his belt uh with Patrice Geyserism uh he might turn into <laughs> a, a pretty threatening striker but Alex who have you gone for as your striker in your team yeah well uh no, just a, 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 one aside on Tiago Coimbra, so an underrated part of his game. Yeah. This guy earned every yellow card he got, for better or for <laughs> worse. There's not many strikers. Strikers get a lot of cheap yellow cards, leave an elbow in. No, he earned every yellow card he got. Yeah. So I just want to say shout out to <laughs> shout out to the mark he left on uh, defenders, even if it wasn't always comfortable. But no, I went for Sean Hundal of Vancouver FC, just because really, like, he just was a victim of inoperable, like, if, you know, bad luck. Like he scored a lot of goals on a team that was struggling to do anything at all. At one point he was scoring over 50% of Vancouver's goals. And then they bring in a new striker in Alejandro Diaz. Hundal gets benched, you know, and he just didn't really get to score much the rest of the year. And that's kind of inopportune. So we're excited. I'm sure. I mean, I know Mike is, we've talked about this before, but he's exciting to see that he just signed with Valor. I think that's a move that makes so much sense for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully he can shine there because, yeah, considering if you look at the actual minutes he played, the fact he scored six goals, had a couple assists, uh, and they were all early in Vancouver FC's like expansion pre midseason roster gut. That's a really impressive season for mm-hmm. strikers because, again, that's the thing with strikers most seasons are very fairly rated. You score a lot of goals, people notice it, but it feels like the fact that Hundal was quietly in like top 10 in league scoring despite all that kind of flew under the radar a bit. No, I agree. And actually, we matched up again. I also put Sean Hundle as my mm-hmm. uh, striker in the team for those exact reasons. I feel like the he, the fact that he led the line of a team that at the beginning of the season, if we're honest, was very disjointed. He was still trying to find how to play 
at this level with a lot of players that didn't know how to play at this level, bar a few. The fact that he was able to lead the line, score some goals, you know, score the club's first ever goal, be be a huge part of the of the wins that they did get uh, at the first half of the season. I think it goes to show uh, how much quality he can bring. And now going to Valor, like you said, who are desperate for a, a, a striker mm. that can fit within Fildo Santos' system. I think that is almost a match made in heaven. And I know that before, you know, we're talking about Eastern Langaro <laughs> at Pacific mentioning match mates in heavens. It didn't really work out that <laughs> way. And though I don't want to jinx him necessarily, but yeah, he had a, a really underrated season, especially the first half of the season. I think it can be somebody very special for Valor FC. I don't know if you agree, mm. Mike, as Valor's Definitely. resident. I can't wait. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm really excited by it. Um, I have him on another position because I've because of my love for Tiago Coimbra. So yeah. ah, I thought gotcha, he's gotcha. Uh, he's someone like I've said yeah, yeah, yeah. I went on about Sorry. it before as well. Just like you guys, he's got so much pace, but he's so great physically as well. For someone who looks so slim and someone you just think's gonna be breaking lines, he, he he put up a good shift on his own a lot of the time at the beginning of that season for uh, Vancouver. And I mean going to go taking that to Valor, they didn't have Valor didn't have a striker that was able to do that uh, this season. So, yeah, so yeah, exciting move. Yeah, and we'll see if he actually then he has a chance to making it to uh, <laughs> our, our our eleven later on potentially if you get another forward position. But now we'll move on to my second pick as I spin the wheel. Uh, as we have, I believe, six positions left. We're gonna go with the left center mid. Okay, for myself. I went with my only, I believe, let me double check. Yes, my only York United player in my lineup here. I went with Gagnon Lapare uh, in the center center of midfield. I thought Jeremy uh, had an underrated season, especially towards the end for York United. I thought that he had a few matches where he was the best player on the pitch. He was a workhorse. He bombed through the midfield, going up and down. He was crucial to a lot of link-up play, of switching of the play. He was a hard hitter as well when he was doing defensive duties. And all around, he's a he, he had a really good season. He's a really good player. And I feel like because a lot of the stories coming out of York United were focused on maybe a little bit of disciplinary uh, uh aspects to it and maybe because of other situations that were going on a lot of plaudits didn't fall on on Gagnon Lapare so I thought I would do my due diligence here and shout him out because he impressed me for many games throughout the season and he's a core part of Martin Nash's midfield in York United and hopefully he can continue that into 2024. There's parts before York really just embraced the chaos there was parts where you could see them really Try if they when they're trying to build attacks every every time the defense or whoever was in goal at that point I was just trying to get the ball into him and it's like right start us off let's see if we can build an attack and he was trying to dictate it um, but things spiraled out of control maybe yeah, for a number of reasons. Uh, Alex, who did you have in your left center mid position? Yeah, I uh, love the the Gangel shout. I went with Sergio Camargo. I just felt. That he's he's a CPL OG, one of you know played every all five seasons, same club. First of all, that deserves a shout on its own. It's tough, mm-hmm. and the league, the level, of the league's grown a lot. It's hard to stay around, stay relevant. 
You've seen some stars from League One move on, retire, become bench players. Like it's tough to stay at a top level. And the fact that Camargo had his best season yet, in my opinion, and it kind of flew under the radar on Calvary, right? Like there again, it was the Moosey show, deservedly so, Clomp, Cobza, Carducci, Bevan. Camargo was a key orchestrator to that. It kind of felt like he became that attacking heartbeat. Um, and just really, you know, I just, I, I like the growth and maturity in his game this year. So I went, I went Sergio Camargo just for, I feel like if you look at all the players that contributed to Cavalry's magical regular season, he was kind of forgotten in that. I felt like he, he played a very big starring role. And it was just fascinating to hear. I had a chance to ask a few Cavalry, like Tommy Wilton Jr. and teammates about Camargo. And yeah, they just spoke to his leadership, his intelligence and all those things that were kind of so important for how they, uh, they ticked as a team. Yeah, it's a great shot. He was actually just second for me in the in that left center mid position uh, for like what you said. He, I think when Cavalry were really turning it on towards the end of the regular season, it was because of Sergio Camargo, because he was playing some of the best football that I've seen him play in his five years in the CPL. And obviously the Colombian link uh, always lends itself nicely to, to my favor there. But in the end, I went with uh, Ganyan Lapare. But yeah, Sergio Camargo is a, is a fantastic shout. And yeah, to be a, a day one CPL player and still be here in the fifth year. Yeah. That deserves its plot. It's on its own. Now we'll go back to you, Alex, to, uh, for your uh, next pick, we're going to see out of the remaining five who you go with. You go with a forward player, a left forward player. So left wing, left forward, whoever you would like to throw into that position there. Who have you gone for? Well, um, left forward, left wing. I went for my second Vancouver FC player on my team. I went with Mikhail Kentav. I just felt like that signing... To bring him in halfway through the year, the trade for Mile Henry, big gamble giving up on a player like Mile Henry. But Cantave came in and, you know, he just brought experience and quality to that attack. And he just, he had some game, he had some magical games uh, there and, you know, was able to earn a call back in Haiti where he scored a great goal in Nations League. I just thought it was great to see the way he really stepped up. Uh, it was kind of fascinating too that he was kind of one of the younger guys in Calgary and, you know, he immediately comes to Vancouver and he has to become a leader and he he didn't let that affect him. And uh, really by the end of the year, it felt like it was him and Batar and attack, just everything would go through them. But even Batar is kind of the ones where you're like, oh man, Batar is playing so re- unreal right now. And you're like, well, so is Kentave. And he was kind of flying fun under the radar. So I went Mickey Kentav, six goals um, across both Cavalry and, and, and Vancouver this year, a couple of assists as well. Not a bad showing at all for, for a winger, especially one that, you know, he made that move to Vancouver. He's probably thinking like, oh my, like, what am I getting myself into going from one of the, you know, a, a team that's competing for the shield to a team on the other end of the table. And he, he took that very well and, you know, helped elevate Vancouver and could be a key piece next year. Yeah, that's actually, once again, we link up. That was my my <laughs> left wing position. I was actually stuck between two Vancouver FC players and you mentioned both oh. of them in Gabby Vitar and Mickey Cantav. But as great as a Gabby Batar's season was, I think he got a few uh, team of the weeks and stuff like that. He got a bit more plaudits than Mickey Kantav. But I think Mickey Kantav's impact on Vancouver FC and on their attack, the way that he sort of balanced their attack a bit more. He was more of a creative uh, attacker that allowed Gabby Batar to not be the sole focus of creativity. Now you had two players that could do it. So you could, you could, 
you know, have some variance between them and give them both a bit more liberty uh, on the ball. Uh, I think, you know, his impact for Vancouver FC in that regard was huge. And I've talked to Afshin before about the impact that Mickey Cantavas had on his team before, and he's only had him in the highest regards and clearly was one of the, you know, the best pickups that they were able to do midseason. And I think it's the story of, of Cantavas and Vancouver FC so far is has gone beautifully so hopefully to better things for them together uh, in 2024 but mike who did you have at your left forward left wing position well um i didn't have cantava before we started i told um felipe i've got four or five players just at the bottom that i can't decide whether to get on and once we start recording they're out and cantava was one of them like he's, he had a, he was really great pickup um for vancouver but mine was Sean Hundle. Uh, <laughs> he was out there for me. It was a tough pick between the two. Um, but uh, yeah, it was Sean Hundle. And yeah, I feel a bit bad shoving him out the left wing, maybe where he doesn't want to be. But uh, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah all intents, for this uh, for this, he's there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's not, you're not jinxing him for Valor. Hopefully <laughs> he can stay up in that number nine position. <laughs> Uh, but okay, we will uh, now move on there for Mike, your next pick. The wheel spinning and you get the choice of the last Ooh. center midfield position, the central center midfield. Okay. Again, li- being a little bit loose, it can be a 10, an 8, and a 6, whoever you want to really throw in there in that midfield position. Mike, who have you gone with? Oh, this is tough because I've still got three. All three of mine are still ready to pick between, so I have to pick one out of the three. I've got a very defensive-minded uh, centre of midfield. Um, so I don't look like a... I mean, I am... I don't have a team I follow, so I don't want to constantly put Valor players in, so I'll leave them aside for now and go with another team. I went with Elliot Simmons. I thought he was um, vital for Vancouver um, for long periods of the season, just quietly going about his job like they needed they had to have someone in there i mean had tried with uh um, kenan chung to start with in the midfield they tried to be a bit more aggressive at times but Simmons was always there just doing his job and making sure that the players around him could go out and do theirs and they brought in vasco fry there's another player could be a bit more creative renan garcia maybe as well but elian simmons was a was a really useful player and really vital for him to try and become like they started to try and be a defensively resolute team and without him in front of the in in front of those center backs um it could have been a a lot worse for them i think and i just just, really really liked how he played throughout this season without getting any headlines i imagine yeah no and I, i completely agree with you you know seeing vancouver fc week in and week out as much as their season got better Obviously, when Renan Garcia came in, a large part of that was not only because of Renan Garcia's own quality, but because he was able to pair and elevate Elliot Simmons as that double pivot in the 4-2-3-1. And they were able to both be so much better for the team. And I think a lot of people obviously give plaudits to Renan Garcia. He was even one that I was thinking of, but thought that he, he had enough uh headlines about him as soon as he came in uh but Elliot Simmons you know he continued to improve and you know if he is in the books for Vancouver FC next season which I think the team will definitely want to have given how important he was for for them in 2023 
you know, even if Renan Garcia, you know, moves on or retires due to age, if they can keep Elliot Simmons there and they can keep his development going, then they have a very solid midfielder there for the future. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Simmons definitely um, in terms of, yeah, his his profile. Uh, I thought Vancouver, when they got the most out of him as the year got went on, because I think to start, they didn't necessarily have him in his natural position. They got him playing more as a six. Their midfield took off that count, that trio of Simmons, uh, Garcia, and, and Fry, who was fun fun to watch. So love the the Simmons shout. Mm-hmm. I, I I picked up the mantle. I know you you didn't want to pick a Valor player, Mike. I picked <laughs> one up though for my choice. I went with Dante Campbell just because I yeah. thought for my money that's someone who could have been in the best eleven this season, and yet. He was kind of slept on maybe because of Valor finishing last. And I think if he was on, you know, if he was on a top team, this is someone that people are talking about best 11, just in terms of his defensive qualities, his versatility and everything. So uh, just to to add that in, I went with Campbell (laughs) at this, at this position. Yeah. Another great shout. And yeah, that's a beautiful thing about this team is that there's so many players that can just fit in and there's going to be a lot of players that are unfortunately not going to be able to make Mm -hmm. the 11, not only the combined 11, but even our own personal 11, but there is enough variants that hopefully enough of them get some shout outs as we go into the final three positions. I'll start with myself uh, at the left back position. Mm and i went see this one was a tough one for me as well because i feel like defense was a little bit difficult but i went with another player that in the same similar vein as Tomer, thomas thomas he had a partner on the other side that got all the plaudits and a lot of people were raving about and that was kunle dad luke on the right but i thought that a lot of people weren't looking at georges mukumbilwas who was my pick at left back for the 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 duty that he did for Pacific on the left, because he might have not been as quick as Kunlidaluk, and maybe he wasn't as physical, but he made up for it a lot by his own intelligence and his the way that he positioned himself, and he used the abilities that he did have to be very solid, not just in the defense. But in the attack, Pacific, you know, his link-up play with Amon Salouf at the beginning of the season as well. Both of them had a little bit of a connection going. And down the left side, he was always a solid option. So much so that you sometimes didn't even really notice him there. But he would always quietly do the job on the left side of the defense. And I feel like he, uh, yeah, deserves to have a bit more plaudits there. I don't know if either of you uh, join me on that one, Alex. Did you? Did we link up again, or? Uh... Yeah, I think all three of Please us sleep. did. I think on that one. Please oh, sleep. the first three people there. <laughs> Look at that! All three of us. Well, that goes to show how much you know he deserves his plaudits. If all yeah. three of us uh, chose Mukambila there, uh, Alex, why don't you? Uh, you know, if there's anything else that I didn't say that you'd like to shout out about Mukambila? Yeah, I think the biggest thing too. This isn't his natural position. He's naturally more of a right back. He came through the white caps as a winger, became a fullback, but he was a right back, made his MLS debut at right back and looked very comfortable there. So the fact that he had to come in and accept playing on his offside and looked so comfortable doing it, that's never easy, right? It's never easy to play in new positions, even if it's yes, it's the same position just on the left can be hard because uh, you have to build out, play a lot more on your left foot um etc so i thought that was a big reason as well why he was so underrated that he was doing this job in a new position 
Um, and again, Pacific had one of the best defenses in the league and uh, that their whole unit deserves a shout, right? It's not just Mukumbawa. It's not just Mary Shiger. It is also Didich and Dada Luke, um, but also they got a lot of the praises for it. Whereas Mukumbawa and TMG kind of did fly under the radar and uh, certainly deserved their praise. So I think it was, it was a fair choice. There's some fun candidates around the league. It could have thrown in a Cam Dem as well. I know Mikey threw him in at center yeah. back. You could have thrown in a Wesley Timoteo, who I thought was really, he grew a lot as the year went along. So lots of, lots of great choices, but I just love the Mukumbil one. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I mean, it may be wrong, just speculating, but I think James Merriman wanted him at right back and they wanted to work out a way to try and get, can they dad a Luke and him working together maybe or so. And they brought in Lejeunesse, they brought in Bradley Vliet and neither of them could do what, George Mukumbilua could do so he just ended up going okay no we just need your qualities week in week out we can't work away of um getting you across to the right and how like like gave him the reins from there and it's I think it's just he he forced I think he forced himself into that team and just said well whoever you're going to bring in that may be a naturally left-footed player who can maybe be more attacking like I mean Bradley Vliet more possibly was considered on paper okay well he can get up the wing and throw in those crosses get to the byline the cutbacks like Kunle Dadaluk does on the other side but um it can be we just brought more um and of an all-round game yeah really really impressive season yeah yeah enough for yeah again all three of us giving them that <laughs> shot that's amazing uh I was I genuinely was expecting none of us to have all yeah. three <laughs> in one position with so many shots but Good to see that we all agree on on the left back position. Going back to Alex for the final two positions between right center back and right wing slash right forward. You get the forward position there. So the last attacker, who have you gone for to finish off our front line? Yeah, it's a shame. I was rooting for center back, but I will let Mike take that to finish <laughs> off. But uh, no, it was fun. There's some fun choices up front. This was my second York player. I went for Kevin Santos. I just, I, I thought he had a very quietly good season. And I looked at that York attack. He, for me, was the most consistent just because D-Ro, Di Rosario finished the season strong. Um, Babuli, just, you know, he couldn't, availability was a big issue. You look at Austin Ritchie as well, sometimes inconsistent. But man, every, uh, from game one to game 28, Kevin Santos, I just thought was so you know, consistent, scored some bangers. Uh, he was just always a threat in every game he played. And uh, I really thought he was a, a key piece to that York attack and and, and helped them make the playoffs in the end. And I thought de- deserved some praise for that. And I'm pretty sure he had a good game as well on, on the island as well, in the playoffs mm. uh, on the road. And uh, York, you know, being a bit unlucky not to, to get more out of that game. Yeah, no, you know, it's a great shot. I feel like maybe many people weren't singing his praises until he scored that 88th minute winner against Ottawa. But I feel like, you know, it wasn't just that one moment. He was a hardworking forward for them, like you said, throughout the entire season. And I'm glad that he had that moment so people could finally, you know, give him his his, his flowers for a, a full season if, if it was just in that one moment. But yeah, he, he was quietly solid in the attack year round for York United. And yeah, it's a, it's a great shout. I went with somebody different. Uh, I went for Pacific Nyongabire um, because even though he might have not had the impact that a lot of people were expecting, 
he still had a pretty decent season. And looking at, you know, a lot of the underlying stats in terms of, you know, chances created, key passes, dribbles completed, progressive runs. He was at the top of the list, you know, see, uh, out of everyone in the season, either in that first, second or third position. So he actually contributed quite a bit. And when I saw some of the videos, I uh, saw some of the chances he created. I think he was let down a little bit by his own team's uh, lack of finishing or else he would have had a f- quite a few more assists to his name. But uh, yeah, that was that was my choice. Mike, what about you? Did you have somebody different as well at that right forward position? I did, but predictably, it's another Valor player. <laughs> it comes with caveats. Um, I just thought, what a Ponce. I went with him purely because you know, I just felt from week one, he's a winger and he kept getting put centrally for so long, like uh, obviously because they were struggling in that centre forward role. And once they switched him and Kean Williams, and like it's like, well, I think Kean Williams is better in the middle. Get Walter Ponce out wide. He's so dangerous at reading when to attack the box when the cross is coming in from the other side and got his goal like got a few goals from that way and I just think now that he if he's partnered with a centre forward which next season for Valor fans hopefully they build up a good partnership if he can get a good run of consistently playing out wide and then just attacking the box late and being that dangerous player with those runs I think he could be really really useful and it's just something that I don't think was seen enough consistently this season uh, as to why maybe he went a bit sort of under the radar again great shouts uh <laughs> but mike now we'll go uh to you for the final position at right center back <laughs> i am crossing my fingers you chose the same player i did because i would hate to see who i put at right center back be left out i'm sure alex is feeling the same way spun the the, <laughs> the wheel for posterity oh, yeah. there but <laughs> he's definitely there he's definitely in there <laughs> oh, it's who have you soft. gone oh no you didn't um, yeah, you didn't put bench or something or a coach or <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true maybe we can put, put a little bit of honorable mentions there at the end if you want but mike to round out the start the 11 itself who have you put on for right center back right i've i have gone away from winnipeg for this one uh but i did find it really tough to think of um, a player but i went with uh nora betney um at york united i think he did get good reviews as a young player um this season i think um but for me i think sometimes he was considered well he's there because he fills the numbers <laughs> like he gets those minutes up um and maybe they would have continued with um older more experienced players had they not had to um but i really thought he was a, a, a like a really good um cpl center back who's going to continue to progress he's he's not the biggest but he competed well um and he's just someone who's seemed to <laughs> I say calmly deal with all, everything that was going on with all the rotations. I mean, but he does seem to have a little bit of a, he's not afraid to get himself stuck into challenges and throw himself in. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see um, what happens with him next season. But I think he's definitely a player that they could continue to use there um, as a starter next year. Uh, Alex, was that the player that you had <laughs> at your right center back position or did you have somebody else in mind? I did actually have someone else in mind and yeah it was tough because I think one thing I'm happy with and shout out to those who watch the Canadian Premier League follow thought they did a good job this year of singing the praises of center backs like Dan Klump won an MVP award um like Dan Nimick there was a lot of chatter about him Amir Didich Mandrakar James like I think this was a good year for recognizing center backs 
and that doesn't always happen. Um, but I thought one that flew under the radar and he has, I, even I sometimes forget how good he is, how important he is and excited to see what the future lies for him. I want Garvin Matusala at Forge. I think he's just such a solid center back. He's good on the ball, good without it. I was always excited when I was covering Forge games and I saw that he was in there uh, just because that combo of him and Madrigard James, uh, they could really do some some damage as center back duo. Um, so yeah, I was a bit disappointed for Matusla that he only played 1,400 minutes because I think in an ideal world, he's pushing 2,000 plus. But still across those 1,400 minutes, I thought he was you know, one of the best center backs uh, in the league when, when healthy and doing his thing. Yeah, no, as you know, someone that last year I was able to see him play up close and personal. He, he was fantastic. His, and he is a really good physicality for the league and obviously a center back, but he's actually quite rapid and he's able to read the game relatively well. And I think, yeah, like what you said, if, if he was a, a bit more fit and he had a, more minutes under him, a bit more consistency. He could have definitely been in that conversation. I went with uh, another Vancouver FC player <laughs> in Rocco Romeo at that right center back position. Um, not just because of his own ability, but the fact that he has become a leader for anybody who listened to our Vancouver FC club episode from last week knows that the fans have quite a bit of attachment to him, the supporters group. He's somebody that's active in the community. He's a great face for the club. And that's what you need as an expansion team is to have these players that you can sort of think of when you think of the new team that you have. And on the pitch, you know, as much as that, yes, there were games where Vancouver FC were getting blown out. He was the a player that tried to keep his head up. And, you know, when he got that red contentious red card against Calvary and he was out for those games, uh, Vancouver were really struggling without him, which showed how important he was to the team. So, yeah, I went with Rocco Romeo at that right center back, but... Yeah, like you said, Alex, there's a lot of great center backs that did get a lot of plotted, so a bit hard to choose specifically underrated ones. But I feel like, you know, going over the, the whole team now, which I will do in a minute now, is uh seeing that, yeah, there's there's some players in here that I think most of the, the reason why they're underrated is just because other players were sort of a bit more uh, flashy or maybe got a bit more of the attention than some of these players. But uh, I'll go over our combined 11 now. And then later uh, on our socials, I will have uh, each individual play, uh, person's uh, combined 11 plus our own uh, Coast to Coast FC underrated 11. So in goal, we have Kieran Baskets at right center back. We have Baus. Our two center backs are Noah Batne and Thomas Maguire. Our left back, which was the only position that we all three agreed on, was Georges Mukumbilwa. Uh, right center mid was Mo Omar. Left center mid was Jeremy Gagnon Lapare. Our center center mid was Elliot Simmons. And in the attack, we had Kevin Santos on the right, Miki Kentav on the left, and straight down the middle, Tiago Coimbra. Now, that is a team that I think would do very well in the CPL in 2024 if they were in the league as one team. But let us know what you thought of our combined 11 and let us know what you think about our individual 11s once you get a read. But that is all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening in to uh, 
the episode. Thank you so much for Alex for coming in. I know how much you love these team challenges, but it's always nice to have you along and, uh, and, you know, give a different perspective than just what me and Mike are giving week in and week out. So thank you so much as always, please let the people know where they can find you. Of course, of course. Find me on uh, Twitter at Alex Gongay-Ruzik and on uh, Threads, Instagram, et cetera, at AGR on the case. Always a pleasure to come chat CPL, come chat teams of the season, um, especially reflecting on a, on a fun year. It was a good year five. Excited for what year six brings. Hopefully, uh, you know, a lot more new memories. Yeah, for sure. And we're we're going to be, hopefully, you go giving content week in, week out for 2024 as the league only continues to grow and improve. But make sure to follow us on our socials at Coast to Coast IFC. So you can give us your thoughts on this week's episode. And if you had any particular shouts that we might've missed out on that you want to let us know about, please feel free to let us know. Just do it in a polite way. We don't want anybody yelling at us for our <laughs> picks. Uh, but uh, if it's a great shout, then we'll give you a little bit of a shout out on the next show. But until next time, I'm Felipe Ojejo. And I'm Mike Rice. And I'm Alex Gongi-Ruzik. And this has been Coast to Coast FC, signing out.